right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, November 11th. It's Raw Feed. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. Pat, we got a big, big shoe. Uh, we got a new number one, and it it's a hit. Yeah, this is very exciting. This is a real movie. I would say this is real box office. I, I think what we have to start doing... To, to really be able to get into this is to just like in our minds, triple the box office of everything. Okay. You know, like imagine to ourselves, this actually opened at three times what it did. And I think so give, then, it, give it a pre a preemptive multiplier. Yes. 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 Give it a we need to start giving these at least in our heads like a covid multiplier to make ourselves feel better about these numbers that we're going to be saying out loud. Okay. I mean, I think we could come up with an equation mm-hmm, that could mm-hmm. be an industry standard equation yes. for the rest of It would of have to be pandemic. more complicated than just three times. It would have to appear more complicated, obviously, yes. But it could be, once you actually do the math, it is really just multiplying by three. Yes, 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 yes. But we need to get to that number in a more complicated way. We got to add the bracket mm-hmm. and put an X and a Y in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, let's. do you want to just get into this, this weekend's top 10? Well, I mean, so this is a movie called Let Him Go, mm-hmm. starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Made $4 million dollars. In 2,454 yep. theaters. Mm-hmm. And it had a per screen average of $1,600. Yep. Now, this is a focus feature film. And last week's number one was focus features as well. So this is a back-to-back number one situation for focus features. Yeah. And they've got Come, uh, Come Play is still right at the top at number two this week. So Focus Features is dominating the box office now. Like they have fully wrested the crown from IFC Films, who I'd say dominated this the summer. Yes. Um, Come Play did drop pretty precipitously, but it it makes sense because that was a Halloween. It was a horror film. So it Mm -hmm. makes sense that post-Halloween people would be getting back to the meat and potatoes of of you know regular movies right now not to say horror movies aren't regular movies but you know what i mean this is let him go is a adult skewing movie which is very interesting and it's a heartland aimed movie yes so kevin costner is not at the height of his powers i mean we're we we're gonna go through the kevin costner career box office career and I would say he obviously was at the height of his powers much earlier in his career. Yes. But he is he is over the valley of his powers. He is yeah. like in the upper mid-range of his powers right now in terms of stardom because he's got a big TV show. He's got Yellowstone. And I think he's really found his niche now as grizzled... Um, salt of the earth you know uh guy who is not like necessarily a like action b movie guy he's like a smart salt of the earth yes you know he's like a fine salt like not yeah. not just like a coarse salt but like an expensive salt he's a denim flannel star yes yes you know this is a guy that he did, we'll talk about his box office and some of the movies he did. He did try different things. Mm-hmm. But like you said, he's found a groove. Yep. He's found a groove with his television output, which catapulted this movie because there was some synergy involved. I know there was a lot of ad um, ads that were playing for this movie during Yellowstone. Yep. Yeah, they premiered the trailer during the Yellowstone uh, finale this summer. So, and like, that's, that's huge. That's and, a, and that's a big event and it's a big event for this audience. You know, like like you've seen these younger skewing movies debut trailers on TikTok or they they debut, you know, 
scenes from the new Star Wars movie on Fortnite. You know, so they're going after that audience. But Kevin Costner knows where his audience is. And obviously it's on his TV show. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you where the focus reported where this movie made the most. Okay. It's top DMAs were Dallas, mm-hmm. Phoenix, Houston, or as we would say in New York, Houston, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake city, Austin. And then there's Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, because that's just a movie going area. Even though a lot of those theaters in the real metropolitan areas aren't open as as we right. know New York state there is a lot of uh, 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 there's a lot of um how do i put outlier it outlier cities you know long yes. your long islands your you know your yeah. sort of uh you know the bumpkins of New York that's where the theaters are right now yes yes um so it's a rural it, it's a rural hit yes Yes. And that's great to see. It's great to see audiences getting something that they are excited about right now. Because mm-hmm. when you see those big numbers in Dallas, in Houston, in, you know, Fort Worth, in Salt Lake City, you could imagine that this was a big event for those moviegoers. That yeah. this was something that maybe is one is is a thing that really drew a lot of people back to movie going at all. The 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 thing about this time at the theater, which mm-hmm. is interesting, and I think it's been really hard and it's getting harder. But the thing that you can take from this, and I think the theater chains need to realize, is that they're getting a lot of good data. Because of this, mm-hmm. because as we know, as box office, as the Beo Boys, we we you know we we're, we're experts. Right. You don't need to do a lot of advertising to get somebody in New York or L.A. to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. They're movie-going towns. They're in the industry. They want to see what's going on. They right. want to see what's popping. What their buddies are doing. Yes. What their enemies are doing. Yes. In New we, York, you could make a few million dollars of box office just from people going to see something that their friend from an improv class is in. Absolutely. They, the, the, the reason that there's so many ads for movies is they need to get those ham and eggers, the right. Joe lunch pails, yep. Yep. the Susie rolling pins yep. to drop what they're doing. Yeah. The guys who are get- sitting on a beam 40 stories up at a construction site. You, you know, you know, those, those guys where it's like five of them in a row just sitting on a beam. Of course, we the, all do. We've got to find out what's getting them to the movies. What gets them down from the beam into the theater? And we're seeing that a film like this, and if we're using our equation, $4 million, that is a $12 million opening. That's Bafa Bobo for a Heartland hit. Yep. Especially because this is old skewing. It's middle America skewing. This movie shows that there's there's an audience here. And you can use the synergy of some of those things like Yellowstone or some of the shows that that people in the Heartland watch and make a hit. Right. And I think they're an audience that has not been catered to as much. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can find a niche if you keep the budget low. And, you know, using some of these guys like Kevin Costner's not making $20 million a picture anymore or whatever. He may be at his height made, what, 10? Right. Do you think he made 10 to act in a, in a, in a picture? I bet you he made $10 million to be in the bodyguard. Okay. You know, so at his thing. height. Which will yeah. go through his career. I think at his height, he was one of the... I mean, I think when he's making, like, maybe even some of the movies that led to his, like, downfall, those might have been some of his highest paid salaries. His Waterworlds, his The Postman. I would bet you those were, you know, top dollar of their day salaries. 
Yeah, because he was getting money to direct, too. He was getting money to direct. He's getting producing money. His brother's catering it. You know, at at the height of his powers, Costner's getting his beak wet on all ends. Yeah. Um, So, the thing is... I really like... Oh, no, you go. Well, I was going to say, I really like this uh, thought that right now you could be using the, the weird COVID box office to almost like market test these different movies and these different stars. And maybe that's part of the future of movie going is something like let him go gets a giant release in the stacks, you know, gets a giant release uh, in the South or in, in the coal mining towns, you know, and doesn't even have to play in New York and LA. You know, maybe you're just opening this in theaters that are within three miles of a coal mine. Yeah. That might be the marketing strategy is, is it a coal mine town or is it an oil rig town? It's got to be one of those two. We only play this in movies that are in a certain radius of a coal mine or an oil rig. I mean, the same way that they have art house films play in urban areas and city areas. You can do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. these th- these companies and these theaters want to make everything kind of real simple, push a button, send it to everybody. And I think we've been talking about this. We need somebody who can moneyball the theaters. We yep. need a Billy Bean. We need a stat guy. We need somebody who can schedule yes. and, and, and optimize Right, because we're also seeing that catalog films can do really well if they're strategically put out. And they used to do that back in the day. You used to see Disney movies get re-released. And that's even before, like, the recent re-releases. I'm talking about, like, in the 90s, they would re-release these films. Right. I mean, listen, when I was a kid, I saw Bambi in the theater. And Bambi came out in the 40s or whatever. But they knew when to re-release stuff. Make and, And that's the thing is... With the shrinking windows, with mm-hmm. the with the the end of the Gestapo like tactics of like you need to this movie needs to be in the theater for this long and then nowhere for this long and then somewhere for this long. It's like stop it with that. That's not the right. way it works anymore. You've got to be strategic. We're seeing these windows shrinking down to like seventeen days. Yep. I, I think then. You're gonna you're gonna be able to see these Heartland movies playing in the Heartland, the catalog movies playing in areas where they do Baffa Bobo. Like, why don't we see some of these catalog films? If Goonies, if Boise, Idaho, if Goonies did Baffa Bobo in Boise, Idaho, and it was like the highest, it made the highest screen count there. Right. Put that movie in the theaters for. Two years if it still plays. Yes, yes, yes. And get Feldman out there welcoming people, ripping tickets at the door. Cleaning the theater. Exactly. Yes. Like, Make it a show of cleaning. Get Feldman you, out there. You got that's And that's the thing is like you need a visionary. You need vision. You need a visionary who's, who's able to go to Regal and say, listen, let me schedule. Let me schedule. Let me put these movies where – because what – what are you going to lose? There's right. there's nothing left to lose at this point. Right. It is looking at the theatrical business now. It's a little bit of a I mean listen, it's obviously terrible cuz you know, businesses are folding and the theater business people are losing their jobs. But you could look at it as this is the end of the theatrical business or you could look at it as this is the beginning. You know, this is Almost looking at it now as this new business, when when you look at something like uh, Let Him Go, number one, making four million, maybe the way to look at it is like, oh, we might be onto something with this movie, with this whole movie thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like four million, it's not it's not a it's not a ton of money, but it's it's pretty good. You know, this movie thing might start catching on. Yeah. And well, and the- and it's about putting it in the right places keeping them in the right towns. Like you said, there's art house cinemas. There should be coal house cinemas. Yes. And coal house cinemas 
load them up with your Kevin Costner movies, you know, your Liam Neeson movies, your Jerry Butler movies, your Jerry Butler movies, um, you know, maybe your Jennifer Garner religious movies. I don't know, but but this is the time to see what plays where, you know. Listen, take take a lesson from the tech business. Start mining some data. You know, yeah. these theaters got to mine some data and see the person who went to go see Let Them Go, where are they going to eat afterwards? Where are they buying their work boots? You know, start figuring that out. And then that way, the next movie, you put it a, a banner out in, in front of the store where they buy their work boots. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that you're going to have to do what the the music industry failed at, which was to pivot. Mm-hmm. It, it was such a torturous endeavor to get the music industry to go from CDs to streaming. Mm-hmm. They hate it because because the thing is, is the paychecks aren't as big. Right. But but it's just a reality. It's just a reality that you got to understand. You can make money again, but you're going to have to make less money in the in the short term to make money in the long run. Right. right. Which they don't want to see. They want end game numbers. Right. 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 And and they might just have to figure out how to keep pumping out more. Let them goes. So, yeah, let them go at the top four million. Um, basically made about as much as Unhinged did when Unhinged hit number one um, back on, let me see, I have all the number ones open. So the weekend of August 21st is when Unhinged opened at number one and it made four million in its opening weekend. So, so there it's, I mean, it's, it's that audience, they showed up, you know, they did. The they stacks, did show up. The stack showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do so, you have, other than Tenet's farcical 11-day uh, amount, yes. which turned out to be, what, a three-day of like nine? Like nine million, yeah. Yeah. Nine or ten million. What has been the biggest? The biggest was the weekend after Unhinged, New Mutants opened up. And in its opening weekend, it made $7.03 million. So okay. New Mutants making $7 million is the second biggest opening weekend after Tenant of our, you know, post-shutdown uh, box office. So then with our, with our new equation, what, that's like a $21 million opening? Yeah. I mean, I think... Yeah. The That's further huge. we get into this, the better New Mutants looks in terms of what it accomplished. Because then yes. after Tenant, the next new movie that took over number one was The War with Grandpa, which we'll talk about more in a bit, which opened at $3.6 million. So Let Him Go opening at four definitely hits that sort of like that's a big benchmark. You know, that's almost like a $20 million opening, you know, for what movies used to be, you know, where it's like you hit 4 million. You're like, Oh wow. That's a good solid opening weekend right now. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this holds. Yes. I think this is going to have a strong hold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do we want to talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about Kevin Costner is definitely on the upswing, not at the height of his powers. But let's do a little journey back into the box office career of Kevin Costner, who I'm looking at his box office history, and it looks like, you know, his big breakout was uh, as the co-lead in The Untouchables in 1987, which made $76 million at that time. Yeah, so at that time, that's a big hit. Um, and then he Sean has... Sean Connery, De Palma, right? De yep. Palma directed? Yep. And then a couple of years later, he has Bull Durham, which makes 50, which I think is a hit, not a giant movie, but it's become more of a cult classic. Then his breakout is 1989 Field of Dreams made actually less than I would have thought. It made $64 million. 
So not a mega, mega hit, but that's but also one that has become a just classic. And culturally significant. Yeah. And I bet you big, big home video yeah. sales. And also $64 million in 1989 is still, for that type of movie, a very big hit. Yeah. Um, and you figure what the budget must have been. Then his big... This is him being anointed as, like, the movie star of his time. 1990, Dance with Wolves made $184 million domestic, 424 worldwide. So that is the now, height of his powers. To, to give some context yes. to the youngins. Yes. That movie is a Western. Yes. And Westerns were pretty dead at the theater. Mm-hmm. In a way that uh, that movie really over overdid what people were expecting. Also, Kevin Costner as a director, people were scoffing at that notion, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so he really overcame a lot of of you know people not being into westerns, people uh, scoffing at him as a director, and that's a triumph. One hundred and eighty. That's Buffa Bobo. Oh, that's that's out of control. That is a, you know, purely a movie star part. You know, that mm-hmm. is not a uh, um, big IP. You know, he wasn't playing a comic book character in that. That is, you're going to see that movie because of Kevin Costner. Yeah. That is like the ultimate movie star turn. And then after that, he's rolling. I mean, he's got a cameo in Madonna Truth or Dare, her concert film, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. This is him just, you know, fully just pulling it out box office wise to all of America. It made $165 million domestic, $390 worldwide in 1991. And again, Robin Hood, old IP. Nobody wanted it. No. He made it a hit. Yes. He dusted it off. So that is that is almost, to me, the height of his powers. Um, but then later that year, he remains at the height of those powers. JFK made $70 million domestic, 205 worldwide. So that is a ton of money for a three-hour conspiracy nut movie. And that's an Oliver Stone movie, right? That's an Oliver Stone movie, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that is the ultimate Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is just Costner, another Best Picture, nom nom nom. I mean, this is him just being the ultimate movie star. Then ninety two, just continuing this insane run, The Bodyguard. He co-stars with Whitney Houston. It makes 121 million domestic, 410 million dollars worldwide. And I yeah. say that has got to be the one I would bet. If I had a bet, everything I have, on what was the biggest paycheck of Kevin Costner's career? Well, Actually, no. I was about to say it's the bodyguard, but I feel like there's something coming up that is a bigger paycheck. Yeah, because I feel like you get the big paycheck after the the big after hit. the height of your run. Yeah, yeah. But the bodyguard may end up having been as I mean, like the bodyguard is definitely a giant paycheck. Yes, because the bodyguard is a movie that only works if you have the movie stars in it. Um. So now this is where the run pretty much comes to an end. So 93, he has the Clint Eastwood drama, Perfect World, makes $31 million domestic. Then 94, he's got Wyatt Earp, which ended up losing. It was in this weird battle with Tombstone and Tombstone where Kurt Russell ended up becoming the bigger hit movie. Wyatt Earp only makes $25 million God, listen, I'm using the numbers.com. I don't fully trust these numbers sometimes. I mean, that seems really low. 
I know. See, but think about that when it when it yeah. came out. June ninety four. He he. Yeah, I do remember that. That definitely was a bomb. Yeah. Um. So you're starting to see now he's showing a lot of vulnerability. Ninety five. This is the one where this could be the one that is his biggest paycheck of his career. Nineteen ninety five. Waterworld. Made eighty eight million domestic, two sixty four worldwide. But the budget on that was astronomical. Yeah, and 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 it's so easy to say that that's what sunk him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it that's the easy joke, right? And, but it's not a joke. It I I do think if we look at it is not a joke. It, yeah, if we look at the next few films, I mean th- that he does, and for the next god couple decades, it, right. it, that's. Well, the one, you know. the one that kind of is even a almost. As, I mean, God. Well, here's the thing, though, because Waterworld '95, huge bomb, huge misstep. Then '96, he does have sort of a comeback movie with Tin Cup, which is his golf movie where he's reteaming with the director from Bull Durham. That made, f- that made fifty three domestic. 75 worldwide and i do remember that was a very well liked movie yes there was a lot of goodwill towards him after that yeah and it was it was not like a zeitgeisty top of the pop culture moment but it was people saying okay he's stabilized costner stabilized but then this is where costner it is clear he has not stabilized following a year 1997 Stars in and directs The Postman, yeah. which makes $17 million on a massive budget. It was supposed to be a blockbuster Oscar-type movie, and it was—that was a joke. Yeah. You saying Waterworld sunk him, that was not a joke, but The Postman itself was a joke. Yeah. People were like, return to sender. Yep. Yep. That's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah. Um, so that I would say is where the Kevin Costner as a, you know, big time, he's walking around with a bulge down Hollywood Boulevard. I think that is where that period ends. Cause then we're just looking at, you know, I'm just going to start rattling his crotch forward period. Yes. This is where he had the big crotch forward period. This is where he's got to tuck it in. And after The Postman, it's uh, Message in a Bottle, a movie that made $50 million uh, for the love of the game, which is he tried to go with a sports movie. That bombed $35 million. Play it to the bone, $8 million, 13 days, $34 million. Uh, this was one that I remember distinctly, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Yeah. Which was him and Kurt Russell in 2001 trying to do their Tarantino 90s movie. Yeah. This was Costner being like, oh, let's do, you know, I didn't get to do uh, uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead or Suicide Kings. I didn't get to do those, you know, Two Days in the Valley. So I'll do 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Suicide Kings. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see, as you're seeing now, a lot of fumbling in the dark from Costner. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, th- this is kind of the upside of anger in 2005. Rumor has it, which was that a Jennifer se- Aniston. That was a Jennifer Aniston movie. That was sort of like a sequel to um, the graduate the graduate. Right. Um, that movie made $40 million. Mr. The rumor Brooks. is that he, Kevin Costner, is the Dustin Hoffman character. Right. Um, that bombed Mr. Brooks, which was like a Hitman movie, bombed Swing Vote, where he played Bud Johnson. Um, where I feel like in 2008, something like Swing Vote, he was still like a little too young to settle into what he settled into now, which was the grizzled salt of the earth guy. He was still trying to hold on to his hunkiness. Yes. Yes. His young hunkiness. Yes. I think that is where, when we now look at the box office career of Costner, 
I think his big fallow period is in that period when he's not the young hunk anymore, but he's not old enough to be grizzled, salt-of-the-earth guy who's better looking than he should be. Yeah. Costner being fully middle-aged didn't work for him. No. He needed to be like the younger cutie, you know, or the old stud but like middle-aged dramatic star is is where he kind of fumbled Mm -hmm. um it's a hard period that's a hard period that is a hard period because you basically have to be like a great actor who's getting the best movies yes and i think costner is good but he's not you know He's not the greatest great actor, and he just wasn't. He The other thing about Costner, when you look at it, is he was never a guy who really connected with any, like, auteur directors for more no. than one movie. I mean, Mick G. What else did he do with Mick G.? He did one movie with Mick G. He did the, I think, Three Days to Kill or something. Okay, but they didn't really connect. No, no, um, no. But, like, yeah, he did a Clint Eastwood movie. He did a Oliver Stone movie. But he didn't, he, he didn't get, like, the way Leo did with Scorsese. You know, he didn't really connect with any big, big directors. So well, I, I think, think that's he wanted Scors- to be that big director. He didn't want to connect with a big director. He wanted to be Clint Eastwood. Yes, Yes. Clint Eastwood was his guy. I, I I don't know for a fact that he has ever said that, but mm-hmm. when you look at like what he's doing now or you know what he was attempting to do, I do think he wanted to have a Clint Eastwood career path. Yes. Which he may have now cuz now he's he is a star again as an old guy. Um yeah, I mean just looking there's really nothing big of a note anymore. He's basically just like a guy who pops up in some bigger movies, like he's Superman's dad in Man of Steel. He's in Which, a Jack oh, Ryan movie. He's in Draft Day. Although, when we look to that Superman Man of Steel movie, mm-hmm. he plays Pa Kent. Yep. That is him saying, I am an elder statesman now. Mm-hmm. I am an old guy now. Yep. Officially, because I am Superman's dad. Yep. I am a hunk's dad yes so i'm saying i'm not the hunk yes here's the hunk yes but i'm the i'm the uh father of the hunk i'm the root of the hunk i'll show you the hunk i'll walk you to where the hunk sleeps yeah you know i i i put my boots down and in front of the door to the house where the hunk lives and also that hunk didn't even come from his ball sack. Right. That's an alien hunk. So he's he's not even saying like, well, look, look at my son. He's a hunk. So I must have been a hunk back in the day. Right. He that's that's not even. He's just saying I'm this old guy taking care of the hunk. Yes. I think that was a big turning point, and I think that is an important seed that grew into this new career that he has. Yes. 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 It, it took him. Do, do you think there's a what percent chance do you think after they went to him and said, we want you to play Pa Kent? Mm-hmm. Did he come back with the script and say, can I read for Superman? Did Costner, let's see. So that year would have been, he did the first Superman movie in 2013, seven years ago. He would have been a man in his fifties. I think he. I think you're right. I think he broached it. I think he broached. Um, let. Why don't you just see me in the costume? Yes. Yeah. I let think me Costner. Do a test. I think Costner's said that. I think Costner. Here's what I think. Okay. They sent him the the Man of Steel script 2013. Do you want to play Pocket? Costner said to his people, make it happen. Let them see me in this costume. Mm -hmm. Give me one shot. 
to get in the Superman costume and they take a look and I think I could pull it off. And I think then his agent, who he's probably had forever, who at this point, you know, Costner's movie roles are maybe the only thing standing between this agent and being like losing his house because he's divorced several times. Younger women, they're milking him dry from every angle. Same one a few times. Yes. Yes. So she gets double alimony. So this agent is in bad shape. And Costner's agent then has to go to the movie theater and he has no choice but to, he's got to tell them, Costner wants a screen test in the suit. And I think Costner's agent is so relieved when he gets there and Warner Brothers like, listen, Superman's cast already. Does he want to play Pot Kent? And he could just go back to Costner and say, you know, they already got Brandon Ruth or whichever Superman that was. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Was it? No. And what's what's his name? Brandon Ruth. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Right. So yeah, I, you're I, thinking of the other. You're thinking of Superman Returns. Dude. Yeah. This is like the Zack Snyder one. Yeah. So I think, yes. I think Costner wanted to get in the suit, do a screen test. I think luckily for Costner's agent, they had already cast Superman before they cast Pot Kent. And I think what what Costner learned from that is that what looked like a red light actually turned out to be a green light. Yes. Yeah. Because it said to him definitively, you're no longer Superman. Yeah. But you can be an important person in Superman's life. Yeah. A father. Yeah. A salt of the earth guy. And he plays in, in his show and in this movie, he plays, I think he's a grandfather in this movie, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. That is a huge deal. And yep. I think him being able to do that was opened up the door to his, his next chapter in life. Yeah. So we've done a little deep dive on Costner's box office career, and he is not at the height of his powers. That was definitely in that, you know... 89 through, uh, uh, you know, 93 or so run, mm-hmm. but he is at a good spot in his powers. He is powerful at this moment. Kevin Costner, top of the box office. He is a powerful being. Yeah. So do we want to move on at this point in the show to number two? Yes. In so this weekend. No, so number, number two, two is come play made $1. Yep. $1. $1.7 million. This past weekend is now up to 5.7 million total gross. Um, like you said, it's you know it was a ho- it's a horror movie that is now it's not Halloween anymore. So, yeah, 42 percent drop. I mean, but that's expected from a film that, like we said, was seasonal, seasonally appropriate, and no longer seasonally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, now number three. Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? I am seeing this. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, can I say it? Can I Can I say be the it. one? Because I'm so of excited course. to read this. Number three is The War with Grandpa, starring Robert De Niro. It made $1.5 million this weekend, which is an increase of 18.6%. An increase from weekend to weekend in its fifth weekend, it has now made $13.4 million. Clayton, is this a hit movie? This is a hit movie. And you know what? This movie is going to continue to play. Cause I think I said it last week, we're getting into holiday season Yep. and you're going to have people wanting to take their family to go see a movie. And you know, they'll, they'll probably, you know, the oldsters might go out, uh, and go see Let Him Go, but you're going to get a good mix of a lot of oldsters, youngsters, middle-aged people going to see The War with Grandpa. I think this movie continues to either increase or or have like a very minimal drop. Mm-hmm. It, it, this thing could be in the theater because nothing, we're going to talk about some moves, nothing's coming out. No. 
So this movie could be in the theater until New Year's. Oh, like, this that's movie not could even be in joke. the theater till Easter. Yes, th- this... th- there's a possibility. This could be. This movie could play longer than Tenet and only get out of the theater as soon as the vaccine comes. Yes, yes, yes. This movie could could be there. Th- this could be a movie where early vaccine recipients are still seeing the war with grandpa in the movie theater. Yeah. You know, not people who are getting the vaccine three, four months into it, but that first week of vaccine uh, uh, takers, they could be going to the store or wherever you get vaccines, their doctor's office, getting the vaccine shot, walk out of there, go straight to the war with grandpa. And just to give people some context, if they haven't listened to the show, and shame on you if you haven't been listening to the show, this was a movie that was on the shelf. Yes. This was a movie that the Weinsteins had, uh, and obviously for 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 reasons it was not released. Then it got set on the shelf for a while, and it got released. And now it is one of the. I think you know we've got we've got. Unhinged, which I think is a definitive movie of the the COVID times. Mm-hmm. New Mutants would be one of those films. Tenant for a bad reason. Right, as a, the as definitive a bomb success. of the COVID era, yeah. And can be looked at as maybe, I mean, I'm not even going to say maybe, the reason why theaters were not able to bounce back. Right. Uh, the the theater's biggest enemy was Tenant. Yes. When it tried to be its savior. Yes. And I think the war with grandpa is going to be one of those definitive COVID era films. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a movie that, especially for a certain generation of kids and grandpas who, when they look back at this year, one of their lasting memories is going to be going to the theater with grandpa masking up, I hope, and seeing the war with grandpa as one yeah. of the few highlights of their 2020. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I, this is a story that we're going to be tracing and watching because, you know, we're going to talk about what's coming out next week. We're going to talk about stuff that's not going to be coming out this year. And this is, this is giving the war with grandpa a pathway to stay in the top five for months. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, and I do not bring this up lightly when I do, but this is possibly a there's something about Mary miracle box office run where I do not put it out of the realm of possibilities that the war with grandpa someday, even though it debuted at number one, so it's not quite the same as the something about Mary run, but the war with grandpa could end up getting to number one again before wow. all is said and done. Goes back to number one. I mean, I don't put anything past this movie at this point. The War with Grandpa could accomplish anything. I think one of the uh, the issues is going to be this might be a movie that does so well that normally the first thing you would say is, okay, let's get moving on the sequel. You know, World War War World War Two with Grandpa, whatever you want to call it. The yeah. issue is this is a movie that, like you said, has been on the shelf so long that the kid, you know, Grandpa De Niro, him getting older is fine because the older a grandpa, the better a grandpa. Yeah. You know, you want your grandpas to ripen, keep getting older and older like wine. You just want older grandpas. But the kid, because this was on the shelf so long, he may be too old to depict as being someone who would be at war with a grandpa. They they could probably add a younger brother. Okay. So it's a right, right. The little brother was at, you know, sleepaway camp or a boarding school or something in the first movie. Right, because yeah. you don't want a like 20-year-old fighting with their grandpa. You need to keep that a kid. No, then that's just elder abuse. Right, right, right. Right. Um, so I think that might be at this point, the only issue for this movie is can they get on the sequel quick enough? Well, and also you can't have old people on a set. Right. 
So right. that's the stumbling block. There's a few stumbling blocks. Well, I'm saying, listen, don't film it until there's a vaccine, mm-hmm. but hopefully that's the spring, and hopefully we'll get an announcement that there is World War with Grandpa coming yeah. out. Um, so that's number three. Now, number four is a movie that last week was ahead of the War with Grandpa. War with Grandpa just shot past it. Honest Thief is number four this week. Made $1.1 million, drop of only 16.9%. And it has now made $11.1 million total. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is a movie that is doing fine. I would say it's not breaking out. It's not going to break out the way War with Grandpa has. But it's respectable. Yeah. Um, And then just looking at 6 through 10... Not much else of note. Toy Story got well, a... you skipped one. Oh, God. Number five, of course, is Tenet. $905,000. Total of $55 million domestic. It's pretty much stalling out around there. I mean, could this movie hit $60 million domestic? N- no. I, I can't. I can't. I mean, the thing it. is, it's going to be in the theaters. Although it did, I did. I forget what the date is. I'd have to look it up. December fifteenth is the VOD release of, yeah. of Tenant, right? Okay, so that'll so we, probably be the end of the road. I think it's. I think it's leaving in the next couple weeks. Wow. Wow. So Tenant won't even be in the top ten anymore. Thank goodness for that. God, you're right about War with Grandpa. I mean, it's probably going to get a lot of these Tenant screens. Yeah. Tenant is still on 1,400 screens. So, you know, Grandpa's getting those screens. Grandpa's definitely grabbing those screens. Um, Six through 10, like I said, Toy Story getting a re-release, made 500 grand this weekend. Um, Empty Man is still in there at number seven. Um, Here's one more to mention. That it had fallen out of the top 10 and this week moved back in at number 10, the new mutants back in the top 10. It is at a total gross now of $23.5 million. New mutants has an outside shot of hitting 25 million total. It's best case scenario for that movie. Wow. Wow. What a hit new mutants has ended up being. Yeah. Um, so that is your weekend. So do we want to talk predictions for next weekend or do we want to look at some of the moves that have happened? Well, well, well let's do, cause, cause I, I have a, I, you know, I have a curfew. Okay. So I have a heart out in like 11 minutes. Okay. Let's do it. So what do you want to do next? So I think we should right now just talk about these moves. Okay. Free guy. Yep. Which is the, um, Deadpool. What's that? What's that guy's name? Ryan Reynolds, uh, where he's a video game character who self-actualizes, and it's an action comedy. Yes. Um, where he basically looks like he's playing Deadpool in this movie. Yeah. Not coming out in, in 2020. Nope. Has been pulled. Doesn't have a release date yet. Same thing with Death on the Nile. Yep. Which is the sequel to... Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. Two movies that uh, were expected to just be dumps because they were Fox movies that Mm -hmm. Disney acquired in the acquisition of Fox. But, you know, I think like New Mutants, they need to get a theatrical release. I think that's in the contract. So that's why these aren't getting dumped onto a streamer. I also think you had a really good point with the Ryan Reynolds situation with Free Guy. Yeah. That... They want to be on his good side. They don't want to dump his movie. They want him out there in front promoting it, and they want to be on a on a good on the on his good side. So they're gonna figure out where he wants that movie to go, and then they're gonna deal with it that right. way. Because one of the only like big properties, I mean, that current properties that Disney acquired when they bought Fox is the Deadpool movies. Yes. So I I always thought. Free Guy was not going to be a sacrificial lamb for that reason. Yeah. Like, not so much because of Free Guy itself, but because Disney wouldn't want to do that to Deadpool. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah. 
Um, the, the Death on a Nile, I, I, I'm surprised it doesn't go to a streamer. But I guess you're right. I guess contractually they had to put it in theaters. And they're um, gonna, they could, they could restructure that deal. But at this point, is is uh, is is Death on the Nile a big enough? Do you want to expend that energy just to put it on Disney Plus? Right, right. Death on the Nile feels like it will end up being a good canary in the coal mine type situation early in the spring when hopefully the vaccine's out, theaters are opening up more, the movie business is starting to go back to some degree of normal, and Death on the Nile is a good unhinged type movie to put out in March. Yeah. Where it doesn't have to do Bafa Bobo, but it's a good movie that'll start getting people back out into the theaters, you know, get them to reacclimate themselves. That's where I think it ends up ultimately is like March, April, something like that. Did you have one of those staying? Did you I? Had- so I, I mean, my, my uh, stay move stream picks are total mess. I had free guy moving. So I did get that right. Yeah. Death on the Nile I had as a streamer. I thought they were going to put that onto Disney plus, which is I mean, obviously not happening. I think that was a good instinct. Yeah. I, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Um, so those are the big moves. I mean, I think, you know, maybe this is a full episode that we could do soon, but the only big, big, big movie that is still scheduled to come out before the end of this year is Wonder Woman 1984 is still scheduled for a December release. And it's going to move. It's got to move. I say, let's do this. Let's, okay. th- and this is a nice tease for next week. Yeah. Let's give Warner Brothers one more week to announce a move. Because like we said, there's been a lot of news this week. Other things are happening. You know, box office news should always be number one, but sometimes it's not. So I think Warner Brothers didn't want to make some kind of big, big Wonder Woman announcement now. Yes. So we'll give them one more week. And if at the end of that week, when we're recording next week's B.O. Boys, if Wonder Woman 1984 is still scheduled for its December release, I think it's time for Daddy to come home and have a talking to with Warner Brothers, with Wonder Woman. I think next week might be a cut the shit moment. Okay. Well, just real quick. Yeah. Do, do you think Daddy's going to need to come home? I think he Or do might. you think it'll move? I mean, listen, I've always thought Wonder Woman was going to move. The fact that we are this deep into the season, we are... In November, and that movie has not moved, is shocking to me. Yeah. It almost makes me think something's going on at Warner Brothers. You know, something something weird is happening. There's got to be a reason why they're not moving it. I don't know. Yeah. We may have to cut the shit next week. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So you got to tune in next week because I think next week's a cut the shit moment. So let's take a look at Freaky. Mm-hmm. The big movie coming out next week, this coming weekend, starring Vince Vaughn. It's a 80s body switch comedy Mm -hmm. slasher film. Yes. It is from the Uh, director of the uh, Happy Death Day movies. You know, that style is very much like horror comedy. So I'm looking at Box Office Pro. Okay. They're saying seven to twelve million. This is old. This cannot be okay. What they're actually saying, because they're saying maybe eight million. There's no way this thing reaches eight million. Well, here's the thing: Does this movie do significantly better than what we've been seeing as as sort of the 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 baseline hit of the last few months? So like. Let him go. Four million. Unhinged. Four million. Other than Tenant, that's been the high water mark the last few months. Mm-hmm. Can Freaky get to five or six? 
Well, here's the thing. Regal is closing whatever theaters they still had open in the L.A. and New York areas. Okay. So those movie theaters are not going to be open, and they drive a lot of business. God, Freaky's got to be so disappointed at that. Yeah, that's bad news for Freaky. But I think this makes more than come home, but not by much. More than come come play. Oh, um. What is oh uh, let let what was what's Kevin Costner's movie is Let Him Go. Let Him Go. I think it makes a little a touch more than Let Him Go. Okay. Do you think Freaky could hit five million dollars? God, I don't know. It's well, what did Happy Death Day two open up at? Um, I mean, Be- because that probably didn't even open to that much. Let's take a look. Happy Death Day 2 on the numbers. What which a, was called what? Happy Death Day to You. God, the numbers. Yeah. Opening weekend, it made $9.4 million. So think about this. And this is in 2019. So if we're doing our multiplier, and I know that it's like Happy Death Day 2 was not... It, Happy Death Day was the big hit. Yes. Happy Death Day 2 did some weird sci-fi shit nobody liked. But if that only opened to nine, does this movie with we love Vince Vaughn, but he's not necessarily a star right now. He's a guy who's trying to rehabilitate his his uh, I think his persona. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking now it makes like three point seven. Oh, so you're saying it's going to make less than let him go. All right. Here's to keep this interesting. I will say, I mean, we both think it's going to open number one next week, right? Yes. I say it makes over five. Over five is nuts. No, no way. I think it makes five. So I'm going to go there. Wow. Okay. That's big. I don't think it makes over five. So we both think it'll open number one. Um, I'm going to give you a quick prediction of a top five i think freaky opens number one i think it hits five million i think let him go is number two and then i think i think the war with grandpa moves stays at number three Mm -hmm. i think come play uh goes to number uh four wait no i have i have freaky one let him go to war with grandpa three come play four and then Honest Thief 5. And 10, it's out of the top five. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's, I feel the same. I, I don't think there's any other way you can go with it. Yeah. Yeah. War with Grandpa is going to make more next weekend than come play. The only thing that could change your top five that you have there is if a catalog film comes mm-hmm. out that, that really burns down the house and, and beats out uh, come play. Yeah, though it looks like the catalog movies are not hitting that million-dollar mark, and it seems like Honest Thief might still hit a million next week at number five. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But, yeah, I'm bullish on Freaky. It feels like it is... Freaky feels like the most uh, real movie real big movie to come out in this era other than Tenant. In some I, ways, like, it feels like this is, you know, because things like uh, Let Him Go, you know, New Mutants, you know, these are movies that either feel like they're dumps or they're niche. You know, like, Freaky is a, it, it's a real mainstream movie. Well, New Mutants is a superhero movie, yeah, New so Mutants you can't is. say that wasn't a real movie. Yeah, yeah. But New Mutants was a dump. You know, like, Freaky is coming out when it was supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Great concept. So, we'll see. It is a great concept. Um, can't believe nobody came up with that before Before yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, it's a I shame. Would, it's weird. I would say Freaky... Freaky's also going to be a good... Um, bellwether where it is a movie geared towards young people and the thing we've been seeing in the pandemic era of box office 
is it is these older stars that have ruled. Mm-hmm. War with Grandpa, Honest Thief, Unhinged. You know, those are the big hits. I guess other than New Mutants. Like, New Mutants is a young people movie that has done really well. So, we'll see. So, you're saying Vince Vaughn's a legacy actor now. I think Vince Vaughn is someone who may be looking at someone like Kevin Costner as a good role model. It's time to age up into being the grizzled elder statesman. Well, he's under new management. Yeah. So there you go. Next week is going to be a big week. We may have a cut the ship moment with Wonder Woman and Warner Brothers. And we will see if Freaky hits the $5 million mark. Pat, it's always a big week at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. So where can they find us, Pat? Email us at the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if... You think you agree with me? Will Freaky hit $5 billion at the box office next weekend? The BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. You could also, as always, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and anything that you write in that review. As long as it's five stars, we will read it on this podcast. So it could be a prediction for next weekend's box office, it could be a manifesto, it could be a you know, uh, happy plug. birthday message. You know, a it could be a marriage proposal. Podcast? It could be a what? A plug for your podcast. It could be a plug for your podcast, marriage proposals, shout outs. You know, the, the type of things that people used to do on like morning radio shows. Mm-hmm. You could do it now, leaving a five-star review on the B.O. Boys. And uh, Patreon, we're not doing Patreon uh, for ourselves right now, but... I would say go check out our boy Jake Fogelnest. He's got a Patreon, and Pat, you you you've been uh, uh, hanging around there, right? Yeah, I've I've been uh, hanging out a lot recently, and especially last week when you know people were uh, we were all trying to figure out a lot of things going on in the news, trying to get information. You know, people were going to different sources, but the place that I decided to go to was the Jake Fogelnest Patreon. Uh, really fun place. Just a lot of cool stuff going on there. I've really been, you know, having a great time. Uh, you know, they got Squirt TV clips. They've got Squirt TV full episodes. And, you know, Jake Fulgonus Patreon, who's also got Squirt TV commentaries up there. So there is just so much going on. Really fun place. Really chill. Um, and I would just say, you know, let your guard down and, and come check it out. Come hang out at the Jake Volganus Patreon page. Nice. Well, Pat, we did it. Yep. I don't think did. there's anything left to say, but until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.